Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Vampire Adam. And I'm regular human, no bad things happening to me, Zach. And Adam, how's how's the blood? <laughs> uh, it's getting used to it. You know, I'm still working on my uh, bat transformations. That's That's a real interesting thing. You know, you might end up with a right arm as a wing or uh, just big ears. Uh, so I haven't quite figured that whole thing out, but it's okay. I mean, I don't, how are, I don't love it. How are mirrors going for you? I can't really see myself. So, uh, you know, real tricky, uh, especially when I recently shaved my mustache off. Uh, you know, sure. it's, it's tricky. Had to go by feeling. <laughs> um, now we are, we are in, we are nearing the solstice, yes. which is the high holy day of summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got to ask, is, is the fact that the days are as long as they can possibly be right now, is that is that being an, a detriment to your, uh, you know, transformation? I mean, it's dem- definitely limiting the number of uh, work hours that I can contribute to my uh, to my day job. Um, they're right. very understanding about this whole situation. But, um, yeah, it's it's not great. You know, it, it's keeping me inside. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> uh but what's not unfortunate right now is that we've got some stories about a man who's fought a vampire or two in his day, a baron of blood, perhaps. Um, we're going to talk about Captain America. Captain America? I thought we were an X-Men podcast or X-Men well, podcast. Well, yeah, we are. The X-Men show up in all of these stories. That's Sometimes true. in weird ways. Uh, really weird ways. But you're right. All three of these Captain America stories have uh, X-Men in them. Yeah, they do. Uh, which is why we're covering them on this. Uh, just like, uh, and do you, do you know why we're covering them? Who, besides the fact that they have X-Men stories? Yeah, I'm curious. Who requested this wacky idea for an episode? This wacky idea for an episode came to us from Patreon supporter Nir Ravel. Nir went over to patreon.com slash Xavier Files and threw money our way and said, Guys, I would love it, love it, love it, love it, love it if you guys would talk about that, that kooky quartet in Captain America, their leader. <laughs> Uh, and he requested, of course, the very controversial Secret Empire. Yes, we are going to talk about Secret Empire in this one. So if that's something that you don't want to deal with, um, remember that there were two of them and that the bad one didn't actually use the villains, the Secret Empire in him at all. In what would be such a wild decision. And also, <laughs> hey, if they used a group that's less well-known in pop culture for just being Nazis... Maybe that story would have gone over a little better, Nicholas. Maybe, maybe. But this is not that secret empire, uh, not the infamous one. This is, well, this one's a little bit infamous, too. Um, This is Captain America 170 to 175. And uh, who's a creative team on this, Zach? Um, This is a Steve Englehart. Uh, He does the writing on it. Sal Buscema does the pencils. Vinny Coletta on inks. 
Uh, Petra Goldberg on those colors. Artie Simic, he's he is slapping those letters down. Uh, Mike Frederick also helps out with a couple of issues. And we should uh, probably note that this, this is uh, a time when Captain America, the book, is Captain America and Falcon. Yeah, Falcon. Falcon is Captain America's cool new sidekick. You may know him as Sam Sam Wilson. He's very popular. My child knows about him. <laughs> yeah. Very weird. He is Captain America right now, post-Endgame. Oh, I mean, if we're talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> uh, but here he is uh, good old-fashioned Falcon. And a lot of these issues, at least the first couple, are kind of split between uh, the two characters. Yeah, Falcon goes to Wakanda so that he can get his good clothes. You yeah. know, the, the clothes that Falcon wears. Yeah, the great outfit with the wings. And it's it's great. In the deep V. We're talking <laughs> we're talking a naval length deep V. Hey, when you got this the abs, good you got to show them off, right? Jeez, Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson has those abs. Uh, but Captain America, uh, you may know him as Steve Rogers. He's going through some times. He sure is, man. Jacques, he's being accused of murder right off the bat. He is. Uh, he's being accused of murder, which isn't great. Uh, there's a there's a guy, Quentin Hardiman, who is trying to set Captain America up as being a bad guy, and uh, he has his own uh, henchman, namely Moonstone. Moonstone. But this is not the Moonstone. This is not the Moonstone that everyone knows. Uh, this. Oh my gosh! I'm learning so much about this other Moonstone. Yeah, if you search... This uh, isn't the Moonstone from Thunderbolts. Uh, no. This is a different one. Yeah, that's Carla Sofen, uh, or Dr. Carla Sofen, right? Yeah, this is this is Lloyd Blosh. Uh, in this, he's just the guy who found the Moonstone. That's it. Um, You know who his dad allegedly is? I do not. What What is that angle? Who's his dad? Count Nefaria. Oh, whoa. <laughs> That's not a good allegedly, dad. Allegedly, his dad is Count Nefaria. That doesn't come up here. Anyway, he's a very generic supervillain in this one. Yeah, uh, he's he's not the uh, the main event here. There is a, a secret uh, cabal here that is uh, plotting. A conspiracy. Yeah, it's a conspiracy. You, you might even say that they are a secret empire. Oh yeah, they 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 just like in the prisoner, just refer to everybody by their numbers. Mm-hmm. There's uh, number like two. Uh, there's number sixty eight. Um, some of whom actually then later turn out to be undercover shield operatives. Yeah. Uh, who is who is it? Uh, uh, Peggy, Peggy Carter, Carter is one of. Them. Yeah, I forget who the uh, other this guy is. is. Uh, it's uh, Gabe Jones. There we go. Uh, from you know World War Two. Yeah. <laughs> Cape Jones, the guy from World War II that was in the Howling Commandos? Well, Everyone forgets that in 1974, World War II was just a, like, that was like, oh, yeah, you're uh, maybe you're 50 now. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we still have some Howling Commandos in this story. Nick Fury is in this story. Black Panther is in this story. I mean, it is a, a huge rotating cast of uh, supporting players, including uh, a Wheel of Fortune display of all of the X-Men characters, including their villains. So the Secret Empire, their big plan is, one, to frame Captain America and replace... Uh, him as America's national treasure with Moonstone, which man, you could have picked someone with 
any sort of charisma, guys. But you know what? <laughs> Go off. You, you do just, you. you. Just pick that guy with the lame orange ga- costume and the goggles. But uh, all right, uh, not not one of Sal's best designs. Yeah, I'll right. say that. Yeah, it's it's what it is. But they do fight the Secret Empire. Uh, because they find out about this conspiracy from Professor Charles Xavier and Jean Grey and Cyclops because they're hanging out. Because uh, all the mutants had to go underground because all the mutants have been getting captured. Yeah. Uh, and, which uh, we find out as Moonstone tries to capture Banshee. Now, just to get my chronology, my publishing chronology correct, this is during uh, Defenders, right? I mean, are X-Men still in, in reprints at this point? This would have still been in reprints. This would have been in this would have been before the new defenders because new defenders comes and runs during the late seventies after the X-Men come back together. Okay. This may have been champions of Los Angeles era. There we go. Uh, Okay. That's what I was thinking because beast and angel are both abducted as part of the, uh, the psychic wheel of doom or whatever that, that the secret empire is is abducted specifically (laughs) out of a Hulk story. Uh, (laughs) That also is a tie-in to the, what is it, Amazing Adventures uh, series that Beast uh, was the lead-in when he got his fur. There sure are some amazing editorial notes, like, just justifying the, the timeline leading up to this story, where, like, yeah, by the way, that was the Secret Empire, and that was the Secret Empire, and that was, too, and that's how hey, we got Steve here. Steve Englehart wrote all those stories. He's trying his best. He's like, no, 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 I want to <laughs> tell this one. Guys, we are going to inorganically weave this through weird miniseries for a couple years now. Yeah. And uh, I guess this is the big payoff. Um, but we do have a, a team up of uh, of Scott, Gene, Professor X, Captain America, and uh, and and the Falcon. Um, I love when Cap and Falcon go undercover, and their undercover names are their names in reverse. So Steve Rogers, uh, you mean is Roger Stevens Roger and Stevens uh, and Wilson, Wilson Samuels? Samuels. <laughs> that was great. It's so good, guys. This is good Marvel Comics right here. And we don't even get to the uh, to the reveal. So they, they capture all these mutants. Including and they like the- Unis and the Blob and, and Havoc yeah. and Polaris. Like we're really talking about an entire crew of the Silver Age X-Men here. We're talking all of the all of the mutants. Right. They're like, we don't know any other mutants. These are the mutants on the board right now. Strap them to a giant wheel and let's have at it. Yeah. They fly into space and go to the White House, and Captain America is able to stop them. They then realize they have three pages left to wrap this up. Uh, yes. So all of these Secret Empire guys are walking around in kind of like Cobra Commander 2.0 uh, hooded purple masks. and yes. uh, They and, look like they want to blow up the ocean. Yes. And uh, it, it turns out. Well, it's not explicitly said, but we do get a hint, um, I believe, in 174 when uh, Number One, who is their leader, does name drop Number One, does name drop Watergate. Um, Yeah, Watergate gets brought up a lot here because a lot of this is about the disillusion that America feels at this exact time between the Watergate scandal uh, and, you know, the, the tail end of Vietnam stuff. Uh, 
the lingering feelings about everything that was going on. And then also, well, the American icon, Captain America, maybe he's not as good and pure as we thought he was. Right. And that's the secret empire's in to consolidate power. Um, hey, Adam, yo, who's number one? (laughs) Well, it is uh, strongly implied um, because number one is unmasked inside the White House. That number inside one is the Richard Oval Nixon. Office. He is Nixon, and uh, he promptly, uh, it, it appears, um, takes himself out once he is unmasked, which is a pretty dark way to end this story. Yeah, Richard Nixon commits suicide because he was part of a secret cabal trying to consolidate power. Uh, because the checks and balances of the U.S. government were too restrictive for him, and he wanted to rule the world. And y'all, if you ever, ever want to say that comics weren't political, Steve <laughs> Englehart will rise from the grave and strangle you with this comic. Because not only is this comic relevant to what was going on in Finger on the Pulse of 1974... This is so freaking relevant in a weird, like, Bronze Agey Marvel sense. Oh, sure. To what's going on today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is, um, if we're, if we're going to be, you know, very clear, it is goofy. Um, it is heavy handed. But at the same time, it is still trying to take uh, what is definitely a Bronze Age uh, superhero comic from Marvel and it is trying to capture some of those anxieties about trusting the government, trusting our political leaders, and feeling like that has been tossed away. A lot of that happens at the – I mean, it really is about the beginning and the end of the story here. The middle is kind of like just there. Um, but having sure. the the world kind of turn on Cap and then Cap having to sort of deal at the end with, well – my my whole confidence has been shaken in this entire institution because in 176, uh, Cap quits. He quits. He quits. He says, I'm Captain America no more. I'm going to get a motorcycle and a cape and call myself Nomad for a little bit. <laughs> right. right. Um, so... The X-Men here are um, window dressing to to a large extent. Uh, They are core to the story. So if you are an X-Men completist, um, I highly recommend seeking this out um, just to see how they are put into the story and and weave some connections with the larger Marvel Universe. Um, But the idea of like mutants being utilized is kind of, I don't know. It's more just like, here are some characters we need to power a nonsense machine. Adam, Adam, you are you trying to say that a group of a group of mutants working together uh, could not do some outlandish machine thing? <laughs> are, 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 are you trying to say? Are you trying to say that like maybe five mutants holding hands couldn't uh, resurrect everybody from all time? <laughs> uh, not in this particular configuration, no. Because I feel like this is, I feel like, I feel like part, part of this story is just like justifying Hickman. It's like, oh no, actually, no, he's got that's that's thirty, fifty. Oh my gosh, that's a that's a nearly fifty year old plot point. 
It's always fun when you go back into classic material and you find something that like could have a, a kernel of a connection. Like when we read that Excalibur story about Krakoa and Nightcrawler finds uh, Krakoa Jr. And you're like, this kind of... Oh, and it's of, all nonsense. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and this is too. But it's always fun to see these things in new context. So um, I think this is fun. I think it's silly. Um, I do think it's notable as a... Uh, you know, as, as a lot of comics are of, um, you know, sort of trying to capture the zeitgeist of the moment of publication, um, which, you know, not every book is doing and not, not every book did at that time, but, uh, this is doing it in Englehart's way. And I think it's, I think it's interesting. I do too. Uh, so let's see how it stacks up against some other things. Yeah. Uh, We've got a list, Adam. Do you oh, know about this list? We sure do. It has, uh, holy cow, 378 uh, books on it right now? Yeah, we got 378 stories, ranking every X-Men story from best to worst. Number one is the Dark Phoenix Saga. Number 100 is End of Grace. If you go to 200, Adam X, he goes camping. <laughs> and at 300, it's the Muir Island Saga. 378's the Draco and it sucks. I don't know what theme song to what sitcom that was, but I would watch it. <laughs> Adam, I think this is better than the time Adam X went camping. Oh, I would agree. Yeah. Um I I'm trying to think of other things to kind of compare this to, because it still has sort of a silver agey goofiness to it, but um it it's also got kind of like a 70s funkiness to it as well yeah it's got a it's got a good funk on it like it's not as good as 103 captain america 367 that's the acts of vengeance story where magneto throws red skull into a hole no um it's not as good as that no um i i it's yeah it's probably no it's not as good as 161 mad report nights uh which is another captain america story no 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 um i'm looking more in like the the 200s here and i'm thinking how how would you square it up against something like 230 which is uh generation x 8 to 9 what happened to cassidy keep oh i like it better than that okay um, I like it better than Dark Reign the List uh Wolverine at okay. 224. Yep. I think I like that's it better good. than I like it better than New Mutants Truth or Death at 213. All right, we just keep working our way up. Like I like it better than number 200 is the thing. Okay. I think cuz like 202 is cocaine and for silly stories which cocaine very much is. No, this is this one's right. saying more. I, I think more. this is better. Than that, how how would you stack it up against like Gambit miniseries, Gambit Volume One? That's tough. Yeah, that's we're in the right spot. Um, because I think my hard ceiling is one eighty nine. Uh, X Men Ghost Rider Brood Trouble in the Big Easy. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I I think is it. What's X Men Annual two thousand seven? Remind me. What, what's that's the that uh, that's the Supernovas era one. Oh, that's yeah, like it's yeah, a yeah, good yeah. but kind of nothing story. So I, I think this is better than that because yeah. we're never going to forget this. No, but I don't think it's as good as one ninety one, which is Perceptions. But I think it might be better than Gambit Volume One. 
Actually, the more I sit with it, I think it's... What do you think? Put it above Gambit. We'll put it above Gambit. Okay, we'll give Cap the uh, the advantage. So that would make it our new 192. This will be 192. It's Captain America, the Secret Empire, but the good one. Yes, uh, not the other one, which we will not we be talking al- about. I, <laughs> I almost... I almost made this a all Secret Empire story, Boo. so that we would have to talk about the bad Secret Empire too. <laughs> thank you for you remember. Thank you for not doing. You that. remember in the bad Secret Empire how Emma Frost took over California and installed Zorn as her uh, puppet king, and she got real <sighs> horny for a teenage Cyclops for a little bit. I sure. I don't like to remember these bad times. Uh, so you know, you remember how Rick Jones got murdered by a firing squad. Uh, no, no, I don't. You remember how they nuked <laughs> Las Vegas? Um, I don't. Remember how they resurrected Hulk for like the third time in that one? I I never actually read all of it. I read like hey, the beginning and the end of it, and it was like, can I tell you? Me no can like I tell you. you how it gets resolved? Can I tell you how it gets resolved? The big resolution of this story? Yeah, wasn't it not capped the whole time? Well, sort of. Yes. Yes, uh, sort of, kind of, doesn't matter. Uh, Cosmic Cube stuff gets rewritten, and Cap becomes a different Cap because of the Cosmic Cube. Anyway, that's all nonsense. I actually think the Cosmic Cube's dumb and bad and shouldn't be in Captain America stories. But what happens is they're trying to find the Cosmic Cube, and they they think they don't have all the pieces. But there is a new character that Nick Spencer does introduce just for this series who is an inhuman, who's in the inhuman concentration camps that they set up in America. Um, right. And his power is that he can barf up whatever people need. So he barfs up a piece of the Cosmic Cube. Oh Remember, this is the story that came out uh, while everyone was just starting to realize that, oh dang, we got to worry about the rise of fascism in the Western world <laughs> again. And Nick Spencer's resolution is... Hey, this guy barfed up a magic cube and that fixed all fascism, right? Right, guys? That's good? That's good? Screw you, Nicholas. I just threw something. I got mad. I got mad thinking about that bad story. We have one listener I know who likes Secret Empire. And bud, bud, you know who you are. I love you. You have bad taste and you should feel bad. Uh... Let's lighten the mood a little bit. The mood, if you will. What do you think? See, I thought that was gone sexual, and then I realized what you were talking about, <laughs> and now I'm just rolling my eyes so hard. We're going to talk about A plus X, guys. <laughs> uh, this is A plus X 13 through 18. It's Captain America plus Cyclops and some other stories. Yeah, which we're not talking about. but the uh... we're, I mean, we'll rank them in here. We can. Did you read them? I glanced at them. I mean, there's uh, some that's stuff. All you, that's all you need to know. Here's what I can tell you. There's a Beast and Doctor Strange story that I read two days ago and couldn't tell you anything about. A Spider-Man and Psylocke story that I read two days ago and couldn't tell you anything about. A Kitty and Vision story that I read two days ago and couldn't tell you anything about. A fun Iron Man and Bruce story that Jeff Loveness and Paco Diaz do. I like that That one. one's fine I if like you want to check it out. Uh, and then an absolute... Well, there's... There's a very mixed one by Max Bemis and David LaFontaine. I think it's Bemis's weakest work at Marvel. Uh, and then there's also a Howard Chaykin story with Emma and uh, Black Widow. That's one of the most offensive things. Uh, oh, it's, boy. It's everything. 
oh it's bad yeah hey it's bad you remember a few few weeks ago when people were mad on the internet because emma frost used her to distract people we're gonna have to bleep out the word (laughs) i just realized i wasn't gonna say anything uh i was going to when we edit anyway you remember that story adam i do I I liked that issue quite a bit, and I did think that the reaction to it was strange. Um, but yeah, this is this is the comic that deserved that reaction. <laughs> this this comic does all of that, but it's horrible and gross and transphobic, and I hate it. Um, shocking! Shocking that Howard Chaykin would write something that uh, shocking! Would, shocking. Yes. Uh, the story we're going to talk about, though, uh, is is just some silly fun, uh, thanks to uh, Mr. Sunglasses himself, uh, Jerry Duggan. Yeah, he wears his sunglasses at night mm-hmm. um, because he's he, he's just sensitive to uh, bright lights, and I can appreciate hey, that. Um, I think he I looks have cool to... as hell. No, he looks he looks very cool. <laughs> Uncle Jerry, please come on our show and talk about your cool sunglasses. Uh, David Yardin also does the pencils and inks. Uh, Andrea Musa does the colors on this one, uh, and then uh, Clayton Cowell. Clayton Cowles does. Uh, yeah, Clayton, Sally, you're choking on Clayton. Something. I I was choking on my words. That's what I was doing. <laughs> Clayton Cowles does those letters. Uh, so this is post AVX. Mm-hmm. You know who doesn't like each other after AVX? Man. I don't think uh, Captain America likes Cyclops very much. I don't think many people like Cyclops very much, really. Nah, dog. His best friend is his ex-girlfriend. It's messed up. (laughs) Uh, Well, good for them. Uh, They are going to get abducted by a Skrull who is, uh, is convinced that these two heroes must team up to go find a group of mutant Skrulls called Cadre K. Adam, do you know about Cadre K? I mean, Cadre K uh, seem to be splitting their time either fronting a fast food operation and or bison farming to take care of the scroll cows from or the children of the scroll cows from Fantastic Four number two. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess that's part of what they do. Uh, in this, before that, Charles Xavier trained them to be his X-Men in space. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they have a little bit of That's history. That's in the 12, guys. <laughs> they have a little bit of a history with uh, pro- with Professor X. And uh, I guess Captain America and Cyclops are willing to, to set aside their differences for a couple of, uh, of, of half issues to go and find these delightful scrolls. They, they think they're not delightful, but they really do turn out to be just wonderful people. They're nice. They aren't bad scrolls. They aren't trying to take over the world. It does mean that there's not really much of a, uh, like fight except for dr doom captured a scroll one of these scrolls and he's like now doom will learn all about these mutant scrolls yeah doom and they fight dr doom for a hot second doom seems a little bit misplaced no offense to uh to the choice there but it it this story um ultimately is is one of you know intergalactic friendship and it it needs an antagonist of course you know as all all comic book superhero stories do i don't know how well this succeeds with that aspect of it um 
It succeeds kind of poorly, because I had to look up that Doctor Doom was in this, and I did read it very recently. I mean, it's not... I, I uh, enjoy the back half of this story uh, quite a bit, you know, and getting to know the scrolls and realizing that, no, they need to be protected as a part as opposed to found and, and you know, exiled back into space. I mean, it, it basically is a Captain America uh, defending immigration story, which I sure. quite enjoy. Um, but the idea that I guess Dr. Doom, is he dying at this point or juncture? I, I don't really get what his motivation is here he, he seems I don't to think want he has a motivation yeah it, it's very very loosey-goosey about what dr doom is even doing in this story yeah he kind of shows up just to be the threat at the end uh after a brief appearance in like this third issue or something yeah i mean he he seems to uh have this this diabolical plan to like figure out scroll shape changing, but like he could have done that so many other times. It just seems strange that he picked this opportunity. Yeah. He didn't need to do it on this one. Uh, How do you feel about the relationship between Captain America and uh, our boy, Scott Slim Summers? Um, I, I don't know. I, I find it strange that Captain America refers to professor Xavier as like this close friend. Um, I, I understand the idea of wanting justice here, but um, I don't know. I find it much more interesting once Emma and the Cuckoos enter the story, because now there's there's more of a, a, a colorful dynamic between the characters, whereas Cyclops and Cap, they're both kind of like, you know masters of ricocheting things off of things and they're both very good at billiards yeah like they do seem to be more similar than not in this particular story and it 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 doesn't give them a lot of interplay Uh, i don't know yeah i think it's i think it's odd that they don't do more in this like it's per this, these are all short stories. These are, what, 10-pagers? Right. So it's six 10-pagers, which is not a lot of real estate, to set up this. Remind everyone who Cadre K is, uh, you know, those very famous characters from the Alan Davis run of X-Men. <laughs> I mean, you're right. It's about three full issues worth of story, but... It is odd to see these two characters just kind of like set aside their differences. Like Scott is doing a terrible job of defending uh, the the accusation that he killed Xavier by his own cognition. Uh, even Cap is just sort of like, yeah, shrug. I, I guess we need to stop world domination without a lot of evidence. And is like, I, I am going to just put aside the fact that that you became dark Phoenix and uh, (laughs) messed a lot of stuff up. Yeah. Guys, when you say Cyclops was right, you do have to put a big old asterisk on Cyclops was right about pretty much everything after a VX and his actual actions during AVX do require some critical (laughs) evaluation uh, because um, they weren't great Um, in general uh, declaring himself God King of the world's a hard one to defend. Yeah. I mean, I get the sense that this book is just intended to be sort of a a light writer-artist showcase. Um, We've talked about the Iron uh, Fist dupe story on the the show before um, that was in A Plus X number five. Um, You know, the 
the Spider-Man Psylocke story you talked about um, is is really drawn quite beautifully, but is ultimately just kind of like meaningless. Um, yeah, who is that? That's not Kevin Nolan. That's uh, uh, no, it's um, Goran Parlov. You know, that's you know, right. It's like it's such a gorgeous set of pages, but it doesn't really mean anything. Um, Kevin Nolan does a later one, guys. It, that's why he's on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know. Um, so I, I think that for what the book was supposed to be, it's probably achieving its goal. And I do really like the scroll stuff. I think it's fun. The idea that scrolls are running like, you know, a, a barbecue somewhere with like a giant blaster under the counter is is kind of funny. Um, and that they've, the rest of them have kind of become cowgirls and cowboys and are just bison Cow farming. Scrolls. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I like that idea quite a bit. But you're right. The the uh, the core relationship between the two uh, protagonists doesn't doesn't do a lot. Yeah, I think that's my biggest issue with this one. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's better than number 233 on our list, which is that AVX or A plus X number five, Iron Fist plus Dupe and Loki plus Sinister. I would agree. I don't think it's as good as that. Um, and I would actually put it a lot lower. I mean, it's it's just it it's fun, but it it doesn't offer much for revisiting. How do you feel about it compared to two sixty seven? X-Men Age of Apocalypse from 2005. I, I think I might even revisit that before I did this again. Um, that one's got good art. Yeah. I don't think it's as good as Uncanny 401 to 406, which is X-Core. Okay. Uh, I would... Here's where I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. 277 is Extreme X-Men Expose. Yeah. And 278 is Deadly Genesis. Uh, so you know my stance. That this is better than those. Yeah, I don't like Deadly Genesis very much at all, Adam. Have you heard about? Have you heard the good news about Vulcan? He sucks. I had to explain Vulcan to my wife the other week. That was why. I'm not sure why that would come up in conversation, but I apologize to you and to her for that happening. I just talked for like five minutes straight, and I said, "And that's the Summers family tree," and she said. <laughs> Who? Okay, but wait. Who did I marry? Who's this sinister guy? <laughs> That's great. Um, he slept with his mom? What? I see you've highlighted uh, Generation X 60 to 61 here. Better or worse than that? I think it, this is worse than that. I just had that clicked. Um, I think this is worse than 274, Day Ken, Dark Wolverine, Moonwalking. Mm-hmm. Probably better than Monet Vampire. I was just about to say that. I think this would be a good 275. This will be our new 275. Luckily, Uncle Jerry's done a lot better in the future. And so is David Yardin. Uh, David Yardin's uh, art is actually pretty good in this. Yeah. I, they're both doing a fine job. It's just it's just a light story that doesn't really have a lot of depth. You know what I mean? So uh, I think what we should do is probably finish off with something that does have a lot of of uh of nuance a lot of depth whoa whoa zach uh are you hearing that i'm hearing uh i am i'm hearing some some spooky howling going on over there yeah yeah adam there's a there's a wolf pack out here what like around 
your house or in your yeah i'm looking i'm looking out my basement window i'm seeing i'm seeing some wolf legs oh just damn stomping by. i think we're safe okay i think i'm gonna be okay all right keep an eye on um, them please uh that is not I good am. that is not what you want around your house i mean all all the children are indoors right now uh but do you do you know who is prowling outside i'm sure uh could it be <laughs> could it be cap wolf <laughs> It is the Cap Wolf, baby. We're talking about Cap Wolf. Yes, we are. On the Patreon for this, people start suggesting episode things. And someone had a bunch of ideas. And then someone said, just said, what about Cap Wolf? And then the rest of the comments were, no, shut up. Do Cap Wolf. <laughs> that one's the right one. That's the right choice for this episode. So we're doing Cap Wolf. Adam, do you know what happens in Cap Wolf by Mark Greenwald and Rick Levins? I do. Um, on uh, Feral. Uh, goes missing from X-Force and Shatterstar is very concerned. He goes to Cable and says, we have to find Feral. They go and they... The worst member of X-Force. They shoot Feral with a tranquilizer dart and bring her home. It is a very compelling story. (laughs) Hold on. That that leaves out the parts of... (laughs) That does leave out the parts of what Wolverine... And uh, Wolfsbane are doing in this Oh, they've one. been drawn to the City of Wolves, Zach, uh, because, oh boy. Um, well, there's, there's Moon. Talk about Stocksboro, Massachusetts? There, the Wolf there, City? Yes. There's a, there's a dude with barbed wire hair on a flying motorcycle. Uh, and there's a... Dr- oh, Draymond Druid? <laughs> well, no, no. There's Moon Hunter. And there's, what is his name? Dreadmond Druid? Dreadmond Druid. Moon Hunter and, and Dr. Nightshade. Thank you, Dr. Nightshade. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, Dr. Nightshade, if you don't know, does later become Nighthawk. Get out, uh, really? Which is pretty good. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's cool. yeah, 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 yeah. You know the uh, uh, David uh, David Walker uh, Nighthawk series? That And she's the Nighthawk? No, she works with the Nighthawk. And then Nighthawk dies uh, out on in his street clothes because uh, police killed him because he was a black man. Uh, getting involved in some stuff. And then uh, Tilda Johnson takes up his uh, armaments as the new Nighthawk. Get out. Get out. Nope. Again. Gotta check that out. There's a lot going on here. (laughs) Uh, No kidding. So uh, Captain America has um, not been able to find Doctor Strange and instead (laughs) enlists the help of Doctor Druid, um, who we've talked about briefly on this show before, I think. He does know from AV chords. Yes. Um, and the two of them stumble upon an operation where they are, the, these villains are turning people into werewolves. Yeah, they're doing that because Cap's looking for his, uh, looking for his old pilot, John Jameson, you know, JJJ's son. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 um, the uh, moon gem inheritor. Uh yeah, the hero astronaut boy. <laughs> the first man to play football on the moon. <laughs> Important distinction. Um, so he's a werewolf. And then anybody who's even like remotely a wolf or has a, a wool sound in their name just is is attracted to this particular uh, storyline. Yeah, Wolverine's in this one, guys. Uh, 
Also, Werewolf by Night is in this one. Ah, uh, yes. So we've got Wolverine. We've got Rain, who shows up at some point. Uh, we have Feral, who doesn't really do anything. Um, it's just an excuse for them to put Cable in the final issue of the arc. Uh, <laughs> werewolf Jack by Russell. Night. It's it's fun. It's fun. There's a werewolf uh, uh, pyramid at one point. Gymnastics pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about this. So, we haven't mentioned, obviously, Captain America does get turned into a werewolf in this one. And talks like Scooby-Doo for, like, three issues. <laughs> he gives a Captain America speech, but he's a werewolf, and he's going, Re-read, werewolf and then he makes a werewolf pyramid with all of his new werewolf buddies and Rain, and he climbs out. So that he can fight uh, the Moon Hunter and Draymond Druid. Yes. Uh, along the way, they try and turn Wolverine into a werewolf. That does not work. Uh, the healing no, factor. No, his healing factor. Not going to make that happen. Um, and this all culminates with uh, the the Draymond Druid uh, turning himself into, with help of the, the Moon Gem. Uh, like The Moon Gem that turns John Jameson into... Uh, the man wolf. Yes. Uh, combined with uh, Dr. Druid's blood, allow uh, Dreadmond Druid to turn himself into Space Wolf. Which is a blacklight poster ver- version oh my of God. a werewolf. It's like, you know how it's when people good. get the, the cosmic powers, the powers cosmic, they like... The power cosmic, they look like the hero that. that could be you. Yeah. Yeah, yes. everybody just kind of like is filled with space and they're, they're just a walking contour line, but he's a werewolf. <laughs> It's this whole thing kind of reads like a really great what if story, but it's not. It's straight up just part of continuity, and it's so much fun. Mark Brunwald had been writing Captain America for a while at this time, uh, and you can tell he's like, "Well, shoot, what can I get away with? <laughs> I'm bored. Can I do a can I do a six part story where Captain America's a werewolf?" And... You'll let me? You no, no, you let Walt turn freaking Thor into a frog. You're going to let me turn Captain America into a werewolf, dang it. Yeah, and why not, right? Uh, Cap Wolf is fun, right? It sure is. And, um, you know, each issue is not a full issue because we do have these um, these Diamondback backup stories. Um, so I didn't read them. I didn't care. There weren't no X-Men in them. No, 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 no. But uh, it is a lot of fun to watch Captain America as, like, this gigantic, muscular thing, still with his costume on. Uh, Absolute unit of wolf. (laughs) Talking like... uh, We got a thick wolf here, guys. Uh, And and the idea that he has to rally these werewolves together, uh, and, and it all culminates with this fight with Cable and Wolverine, and, I mean... Wolfsbane's not really a huge part of this story. Uh, Wolfsbane's there to be in the basement. It's like, hey, look, I'm here too. What's up? <laughs> right. Like, hey, you want to build a pyramid? We can do this. It's like, do you remember me? Like, I was on the New Mutants. Now I'm on X Factor. I'm here too. I don't and... think we've been formally introduced. My name's Ray. <laughs> I'm another character with the word wolf in my name. <laughs> I also love it's... that they uh, basically get themselves fixed, quote unquote, by uh, turning dr nightshade into a werewolf when handwriting on a piece of paper it's, uh find it's antidote so good. for us now 
John Jameson <laughs> walks in there, stabs Dr. Nightshade with the werewolf potion. It just writes and says, you got to not make us werewolves. Right. You got to do that now. Find antidote now. It's so funny. Um, anyway. It's, so uh, Cap really it takes it to Space Wolf and uh, Wolverine's like, I'm going to go hang out with Cable. I guess Cable has the moon gem at the end of this, or no? I don't freaking remember who has the moon gem. Who cares about the moon gem? I, I don't know. I mean, the moon gem seems... Someone has the moon gem. Yeah. Uh, I might... Oh, hold on. Uh... What'd you find? What you got there, buddy? The glowy rock. Uh, that sounds a little... Maybe you shouldn't touch that, Zach. That kind of is... Whoa. Well... What was that? Was that, uh, was that those wolves outside? Uh, no! Uh, Zach, are you okay? Oh, no. It's Zach Wolf. Are you Zach Wolf now? <laughs> oh, this is terrible. I didn't think... Yeah, are you... <laughs> Hairball, sorry. Um, Adam, I'm a wolf now. Oh, man. Not only am a I a vampire, wolf. but you have to be a wolf. This is crazy. I think, Adam, I think I'm a man wolf now. Oh man, are you are you like super? I have such heightened senses. Are you super jacked, like with a with like ripped shreds of costume all over you? Oh, I am swole, and this shirt is gone. <laughs> is the thing <laughs> that is a shame. That is a shame. Uh man, I I thought something might be up with all those wolves that were around your house. Yeah, I I think they were, I I think they're my family now. Wow! Like, do you have to like I go think, move in with them? I think they're gonna live in my basement with me. Okay, that seems like a good compromise. We'll go hunting at night, like a pack uh, lifestyle. It is, it is a full moon, so that makes sense actually. <laughs> oh man! Well, all right. Since you are now a a full fledged werewolf, um, I do have heightened senses. Yes. Yes. Uh, as you are Zach Wolf now. Um, where should this go on our on our list? I think this is better than Secret Empire. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's okay. Good. I thought we were going to have to fight about this very important con- comic about Richard Nixon and like disillusionment and also the silly werewolf thing. No, I think it's. I think it is pure '90s joy. Like, um, I'm. I just highlighted 182, which is uh, Hearts of Darkness, and like it just has like that '90s element of silly fun. Um, to it that I, I think is I don't know if it's as good as Hearts of Darkness but at least for me but it, but it is a lot of fun I think it can be as good as Hearts of I think it might be better than Hearts of Darkness it's probably not better than 179 which is Fatal Attractions no I don't I don't think it's as good as that first appearance of Juggernaut um it's probably not better than those new mutants. No, I, I don't think so. I, I would put it at 183 and put it just below Hearts of Darkness. You do love Hearts of Darkness, don't you? I love it. Okay, that we can do Cap Wolf there. <laughs> Perfect. I hate that that you know we we keep turning into these uh, these creatures though. I I feel like these children of the night. Yeah. I I jeez. Like we should have like these a... universals dark universe. <laughs> <laughs> is Russell Crowe going to come and try and recruit us? I 
I think so, yes. Uh, so we do need to be careful of that. Um, but before we're careful, we do need to give a quick shout-out to our Patreon supporters like Nier Ravel. Uh, Nier selected this episode and did go to patreon.com slash Files and gave us money for all of the very expensive surgeries that we're going to have to do soon oh, man. to rid us of these ailments. I guess, yeah. I, uh, well, If you want to be like... If you want to be like Nur, you can do that on Patreon, or uh, you can help out with some actual real-world stuff that's going on. Uh, we're still doing a uh, fundraising kind of effort uh, to get things for the Advancement Project, uh, If you, uh, which is a group that fights for racial justice and uh, racial equality and some of the systemic issues that uh, that you know people deal with. Uh, so if you want to help out in that way, uh, you can get buttons. Um, listen to these things. Whoa, jingle, jingle. He, you hear these high quality? Ooh. He will you not send you buttons? a moon jam. He will send you a button. <laughs> I'll send you some high quality buttons uh, if you can prove that you made a donation to them or any other charitable fund that's helping the black community right now. Uh, we want to we want to help out. All of our Patreon money for June is going towards that as well so we'd like we would love to see that get matched by uh our supporters out here i also understand that y'all you might you might have already given everything that you can already and i understand that and no pressure on that front but if you've been if you've been confused by some of the list that said here's like 40 different charities you can go to i know i was so i i narrowed it down to one and said we're gonna do this one uh and that's where uh that's where we stand on that. Vampire Adam, where can people find you? Uh, guys, uh, you know, even in the daylight hours, you can still find me at Arthur Stacy on Twitter. Zach, how about you? Uh, people uh, people can find me at Xavier Files. Uh, that's, where, that's where all the latest and greatest stuff is on Twitter and on the, on the inter- in- internet itself at Xavier files.com adam i'm i'm feeling a bloodlust jeez this is crazy it's me coming too. over me i i do you remember adam do you remember the devil's bargain we struck back several episodes ago i think so what was that <laughs> only one of us is worthy oh no only one of us can survive <laughs>